Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Before we get before we get into the word next week, um, I'm very excited. We have a special guest with us. His name is Mike Rosas. He's a um, he was he, he was a pastor of a church for several years, and he's a awesome uh, man of God. He's a, he's an he's written several books. He is a, a he's a chaplain for the Houston Rockets, and he's a, 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 a just a man of God. Awesome, awesome man. And he's going to be with us, and he's going to share. Uh, some wisdom. So I, I want you to bring somebody, invite somebody to church next Sunday morning um, because God has a word for you. Amen. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you stand with me and we're going to read out of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 8, 8 through 13. Hebrews 11, 8 through 13. And if you have it, give, him, give me a nice amen. 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 And if you don't have it, I got you up here. <clears throat> Hebrews eleven eight through 13. Amen. We ready? It says this. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of the heaven and as many as the, uh, the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having a knowledge that they were strangers and exiles on the earth for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, my God, that you spoke over your servant this morning. Lord, I pray, my God, that your Holy Spirit would be on my lips, my God, that you would just deliver this word from my mouth, my God. And I pray that you soften our hearts this morning. You soften our minds, Lord, as we are, are ready to receive what it is that you have for your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church says, amen. Amen. You can take your seat. Amen. I want to I want to speak this morning on on two things and I'm excited to preach because it's been two weeks and and uh, I, I love I love preaching the word of God. Um, and I want to speak this morning one on on faith. I want to speak a little bit on faith. Faith is critical to the life of every believer. And a, as a church, you know, we're in a season, I think, that really requires faith because we're believing for some things. We're believing for miracles. We're believing for revival. I'm, I'm believing for salvation to sweep through my family and through this city. And, and we're believing for things that are not common. Are you believing for something that's not common? If you're believing for some common things, you got to get a little bit more faith. You, you, you got you to put a little bit more weight on it because God is, is in the business of doing things that we can't even imagine. And so as a church, we're believing for some awesome things 
And that requires faith. But I also want to speak not just on faith, but also foundations. Because the faith that you possess is not just a thing for you. It's not just something that that grows and builds you up. It's often the very thing that that everything else is built upon. Faith is something both that grows and it's something that that laid that's laid. And Pastor Danny this morning in the Spanish service, he, he, he spoke on something that is very in tune with with this word. And I mean, that's. Oh, time and time again, God just confirms that the message that he's speaking to the church is for the church. Faith is something that has foundations. My faith as a, as a child, you know, my faith grew with the help of godly parents who helped shape my foundation when I couldn't stand. When, when I, I didn't have faith, they had enough faith for me. When I couldn't see what God was doing, they could see what God was doing. And it's the reason that I'm here today because of the faith that they possessed. And, and we don't always think about faith like this because it doesn't really get preached this way. We think of faith as something that we need in order for things to, be, to happen for ourselves. If I'm going to get the miracle, I need the faith. If I'm going to get the provision, I need the faith. If I want the cancer gone, I need the faith. And that is absolutely an aspect of faith. But did you know that faith is also selfless? Meaning it's not just for you. It's not just to be put on the things that you are expecting to God for God to do for you. Your faith is not just to be used for you to be built up. Sometimes your faith is needed to build others up. So sometimes, sometimes for them to get the healing, you need the faith. Sometimes in order for them to get the provision, you need the faith. It's on you. We've been praying. I've been believing for God to send a blind man through these doors. I've been believing that. And I've, I've, I've asked you to pray with it, uh, about that with me. And, and I believe that God, one day he will send that blind man. And, and, it, and when he does, the thing, that act, the thing that is going to activate the healing power of God, it's not going to be his faith. It's going to be my faith because I believe for it, because I prayed for it, because I saw it, because I asked God for it. And I asked you to pray. I don't think it's going to be the faith of your son or your daughter or your spouse that brings them to the feet of Jesus alone. I believe that the faith of a praying mother has a lot to do with it. The faith of a praying father, a praying spouse has a lot to do with it. If this is going to be a house of miracles, like we've been declaring, it's not going to be because of the faith of the needy who come in here. It's not going to be because of the faith of the poor that come in here. It's going to be because of the faith of the saints who have been declaring, who didn't stop praying, who didn't stop believing, who, who didn't stop wanting this to be a reality. It's called foundational faith. And that's the title of my sermon this morning. Foundational faith. It's this type of faith that the author of Hebrews describes as as possessing Abraham and Sarah. They had foundational faith. It was a faith in a promise that they themselves would not have the benefit of receiving. It was a promise. And they were tied to it. But they weren't going to see the full effect of it. But they were the ones called to carry the burden of it. It was a faith that set the foundation For generations to come. 
And you know, I realized something as I was preparing for the sermon. And many of the miracles that Jesus performed, so many of the people that Jesus dealt with directly were not the recipients of the miracle. Have you, have you ever thought about that? Like, recall the miracle of the paralytic man. It's in Mark 2. Uh, Mark 2, uh, verse 3. I have it up here. I'm going to read it real quick. It's very short. It says, And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get him near because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let him down on the bed on which the paralytic lay. And, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sons, your sins are forgiven because of their faith. Recall the story of the centurion soldier. Here's another one. Uh, a centurion soldier, he went to Jesus on behalf of his servant. Luke 7, 9 says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such a faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well, it was because of the faith of the centurion man. Recall the story of the Gentile woman who pleaded on behalf of her daughter. Matthew 15, 28. Jesus insulted her. He rejected her. He called her a dog. And, and then in verse 28, Jesus says, woman, your faith is great and your request is granted. And her daughter was healed instantly. Sometimes your faith isn't for you. It's for them. That's for somebody else. And man, if you ask me, this is a special type of faith. Because faith as it is, is already hard. It's difficult. Faith takes more than just waiting around. That's not what faith is. If you're just waiting around, you're just waiting around. Faith, faith is action. Faith, faith takes movement. Faith takes going places that you don't want to go. Places that you've never been to before, but because God said to go, you go. Faith takes being, being silly, looking silly, looking like a fool in the eyes of everybody else, but because God called you to do it, you do it anyway. It takes doing things that you don't want to do, things that are uncomfortable because God is the one who called you to do that. That is what faith is, and on its own, it's difficult. Now imagine doing all of that, and it's not even for your benefit. Can you have that type of faith? Can you have that type of faith? Can you have a, a faith where the end result does nothing for you? Because, man, I can have some faith for myself. I can have some faith for my blessing. We've, we've received, man, we've received plenty of word from God that God was going to bless our home. God was going to bless our ministry. God was going to take us places. We, we received we received several words of, of, of financial abundance. And man, hallelujah. <laughs> I love those. You, you, you love those, right? You're, you're in full agreement with that one, right? When there's anything else, you're like, well, I got to pray about that. No, I, I, I'm saying, you know what? Yes, I'm in agreement. We've received, we've received those, those words of, of financial abundance, provision that would pour over into others. And you might, you might have a word like that. Maybe God spoke something over your life. Maybe God spoke greatness into your life. And man, those are awesome. You're going to be, you're going to be a mighty vessel in my kingdom, says the Lord. Those are awesome words, words that, that we receive. And I bet, man, we're, we, we put our faith into, into that. And we're willing to endure a little bit of hardship and still say that God is good because I know that something good is coming. I can take a little bit of a financial struggle here and there because I know that any day now, 
Something's going to flood through the doors, right? I, I can take a little bit of your humility right now and zero recognition because one day God is going to elevate my ministry. And so we keep the faith because we're holding on to a promise because we don't want to let go of that promise because it's a good promise because it's a promise for me. But what if the faith that you're holding on to was meant to lay the foundation for someone else? What if you're just meant to hold it on for a little bit and then you got to walk away when the blessing is actually poured out? Hallelujah. Can you do that? And, and, and the burden that you're carrying is for someone else. It's someone else's burden, but they don't have the faith yet to carry it on their own. So God is looking to you to do it. What if the blessing isn't for you directly? Would you still hold on to that promise? Would you, would you still endure that hardship? Would you still take that journey, even if it meant not being able to enter the destination? Abraham and Sarah were the beginning of a promise that God wouldn't fulfill in their lifetime. Until well after them. You know, they got some blessings along the way. They got some promises delivered to them. Along the way, they were, they, they, they were obedient, but they weren't the direct beneficiaries of what God was trying to do by establishing a nation of people for himself. We could say the same thing about Moses. Moses was, was walking in this great promise. He had this, this, this great burden on his shoulders, and he dealt with the people of God, and they complained all the time, and he had to correct them, and he had to live in the wilderness with them. And, 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 and he gets to the end and just not able to enter the promised land. Sometimes God is going to call you to be the beginning of a promise that he's not going to fulfill in your lifetime. He's going to show you something great and mighty, and he's going to show you in your spirit that you're never going to see it physically with your eyes. It doesn't mean that it's not coming. It just means that it starts with you. You have to prepare the way. You have to set the stage. You have to get some things in order so that those who come after you are not lacking what you lacked. And you know what? If it starts with you, what a privilege because it means that God sees something in your faith that he might not see in anybody else because your faith is great and he knows that you can endure it. The Bible says in verse 9 that by faith Abraham and Sarah went to live in the land of promise. As in a foreign land. I want to read that again. By faith, Abraham and Sarah went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents, looking forward to the great city. I love that God did it this way. Because when I when I read this, when I read this, I I thought to myself, man, maybe we've been doing faith all wrong. See, because the way that we see God's promises are as if there's something to come one day. It's just this arbitrary day in the future. Whenever God chooses, one day my family will be in church with me. One day I'll have, I'll have that child that God promised me. One day I'll step into my calling. One, we, we treat faith as if it's this wishful day to come sometimes in the future, uh, sometime in the future. And, and you know what? It is that to God. God will deliver it whenever he chooses. But for us, it means living in the promise, starting from the day the promise was given. Abraham and Sarah received the promise. The promise was, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Through you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I will give you an inheritance and you will possess all this land. For most Christians, we'd say, cool, God, can't wait. Let me know when it comes. In the meantime, I'm going to be over here doing my own thing. In the meantime, I'm going to be, I'm going to be here at home, in my home, 
where it's comfortable and I got AC and I got a bed and I, I, I know the area. I know the community. I, I'm going to I'm going to be right here. You call me when that 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 nation is ready. I'll be right there ready to take the lead. You call me. You let me know when it's ready. But the Bible says that by faith, they went to live in the land as foreigners. Oh, you ain't getting that this morning. They want to live in the land as foreign, meaning before it even belonged to them, they were claiming ownership in it, not just with their mouth, but with their feet. Abraham stepped on the soil and he said, man, this is all mine. Before there was a this, before anything was there, he saw something. He saw a multitude. He saw generations of people of God. And he said, this is all mine. Even when no one else recognized that promise, even when everybody else to, to him, he was just a nobody. Who are you again? What's your name again? You got you got a what by God? Who's who's your God? We sometimes we don't step into faith like that because we're afraid of what other people are going to say, what other people are going to think. You're not living in your promise because of what other people see. You live in it because of what God has spoken into your life. Faith, church, listen, faith is you living your calling even before anybody else realizes you even have a calling. Faith is being willing to be a foreigner in the place that you know God has reserved for you long before your name is even on the title. See, when, when, when King David, King David even had to serve under the king, even though he knew that he was going to be the next king. He didn't say, all right, God, hit me up when it's my turn. No, no, he went to serve under a position that God promised was his. We've been approaching faith all wrong, man. We treat it as simply a waiting period. It's not, a, it's not just a waiting period. There's, there's waiting on God and then there's actionable faith. I, I love it when I'm on hold, man, with customer service and they offer me a callback. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Because it means I, I can go back to doing what I was doing. I don't, have to be disturbed. I don't have to be bothered by that cheesy music. Sounds like trash. I, I can do my own thing. And when they're ready, they're going to call me up. Oh, so convenient. We, we have been so convenienced by our society. And we expect God to operate in the same way. God, convenience me. You don't get to do that with God. Faith isn't a waiting room. It's a place of hard work and enduring. If God has promised something to you, if God, listen, if God has promised something to you and you're not at the very least preparing for it, your faith is either, either non-existent or it's lazy. If God called you to be a pastor, you better be preparing for that pastoral calling. You, be, you better be educating yourself. Because what, 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 what happens when God says, okay, now is the time, and you ain't ready? See, see what qualifies, I, I, I posted this on, on uh, social media this, this week, and, and I, got a, I got a whole bunch of little, um, you know, little arguments. They're like, what, what you mean? Um, I said, the thing that qualifies you is God's calling. That's it. And that, that's, that's 100% true. The thing that will call, qualify you is God's calling. If God didn't call you for it, your education, your training, your experience, you know, that's it, not going to do much. If God called you to it, he's the one who qualifies you. But he ain't the one who prepares you. <laughs> 
you, you got to prepare. You, you got to get on your knees. I love our prayer team, man. Every, every, every Sunday they're over here, they're preparing in prayer, man. And, and, and I go back, I went back there today and man, they're, they're just lifting up their voice. I was like, man, what is all that noise back there? It was just like heavenly voices. It's like they're getting prepared. And, and at home, I believe that they're getting prepared. They're being prayed up, right? Because you have to prepare just because you're on the prayer team, right? Doesn't make you prepared to pray and to lay hands. You have to prepare for the thing that God has called you to. And if you have a calling over your life, you have a promise over your life and you're not even preparing for it. God, God is not seeing faith. My mom tells her testimony of, of, uh, of my arrival, her favorite child. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. It's not a secret. It's not even funny anymore. It's just like, it's just a hard fact. You know? <laughs> before, my, before my parents had any kids, they struggled to have kids for, for what, seven, seven years? Seven years. Praying, you know, believing Crying when it didn't happen. Seven years waiting for, for little Ryancito, right? With no, with no luck. And she says at, at the end, she had to do something. Waiting wasn't doing it. And so she says that she, she went out and she bought a little boy's pajama. And on the pajama, it, my, my name was sewn on it, Ryan. And I think she still has it. And, and she, would, she said she would wake up every morning and she would say, good morning, Ryan. Good morning, mijito. Now, you know, that sounds weird and that sounds creepy. And it, I mean, if anybody else was watching her, they'd be like, that lady needs to be checked in for mental institution. But you know what? She, she began to live the reality of her promise before it became a reality. That's what faith is. Faith is going to make you look crazy. It, 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 it's going to make you feel crazy, right? If it doesn't feel crazy, it's probably not faith. Faith means putting your full weight on the promise God has for you before it's even delivered. I want you to hear that again. Faith means putting your full weight on the promise before the promise is even there. That's scary because it only sets you up for greater disappointment when it doesn't happen. Man, God, what if I put all my weight on it? What if I sell the house? What if I move to the place where I know you're calling me to? What, what, what if I put my full weight on it and then I end up being disappointed because I don't get the promise right away? That's fear. And they say the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's, it's fear. The fear you have of God not coming through for you in the way that you want, in the time that you want him to come through for you. And that's the reason so many people don't carry true faith. But true faith, listen, true faith is the kind that doesn't care about being disappointed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't concerned with whether or not God was going to save them from the fiery furnace. They were going to put their faith in him anyway. Your faith wasn't designed to consider the improbability of something happening. Faith is assurance of the things that you hope for, evidenced by the fact that you can't see it. It's not supposed to come with details. It's not supposed to come with the roadmap. It's not supposed to come with the timeline. Faith is one of the most vague things you could possess. Therefore, put your full Wait on it. Look crazy. Feel crazy. It's, it's going to feel unnatural because it is. You're living something that isn't yet a reality. And that's not normal. 
You know, some, every time I, I, I say goodbye to somebody and I know that the next time I'm going to see them is, is Sunday, I say, see you Sunday. All right. Seems like a natural thing to say, because I believe that, you know, if you're a member of our church and, and you're a Christian, I assume you go to church regularly. So I'm going to say, see you Sunday. Normal. I started doing that with people who don't go to church. <laughs> I started doing that to, to, to some friends, family members, all of my cousins. I do it at the end of a text message conversation or or at the end of the night, we're hanging out. I'll be like, all right, see you Sunday. And, and, and they think it's a joke. They, they think I'm just playing. They think I'm just making a little jab at their non attendance. But 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 what they don't know is that I've been praying for them. What they don't know is that I've been believing for their salvation. I believe that that day is coming. And so I say, I'm going to see you Sunday. And, and, and they might even say, bro, you know, I don't go to church. But in my mind, I'm like, not yet. But you will. Abraham and Sarah, they went to live in the land of promise as foreigners before it belonged to them, before anybody knew them, before anybody respected the promise they had. And then they never received the fullness of what God had promised. But I love what verse 13 says, because, you know, sometimes you read that and, and, and you question it. Right. You, you, you're like, well, why did they why can we honor their faith when God didn't come through for them in the way that maybe they expected him to? Like, what's the what's the purpose? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I, I know you have. So sometimes you will ask me, what is the purpose of having faith when God doesn't come through? It's like, why, why have the faith? Why, why live your life in faith if God isn't going to do the thing that you are expecting him to do? But I love what verse 13 says. It says, they died in their faith. You thought living in faith was awesome. How about dying in faith? I might, I might want that engraved on my tombstone. A man who died in faith. If you die in faith, because what is faith? What is faith? It's the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is always looking forward. So by the time you get to the end of your life, you're still looking forward to something. They never stopped having faith. They were always looking to the thing that they couldn't see. And they died in that faith, we're going back to foundational faith now. Abraham and Sarah died seeing what would be fulfilled in later generations. They didn't die telling each other, well, babe, I, I guess the promise of God was no good. He didn't come. He didn't come through. No, they, they, they died still seeing what they didn't actually get to see. That's the definition of faith. It's the evidence of things not seen in the physical. The moment you see it, it's no longer faith. It's reality. You don't put your faith in something that you're seeing. Abraham and Sarah never got to see the reality of the fullness of God's promise. But the reality would have never happened had it not been for their faith that set the foundation for future generations to come. Church, your faith, it matters to more than just you. It matters. It, it carries out to the generations who come after you. 
It spills over to the non-believing spouse. It spills over to the non-believing children. It spills over to the non-believing friends that you have. It spills over to people and you don't even realize it. You know what I was thinking? You know, we've been talking about crazy stuff and miracles and and, and God sending the blind man and revival. We had a whole conference named Miracle Conference. And what what if the faith of the generations who came before us set the foundation with their faith for the reality of what we're about to see? Because I've got no doubt that my grandfather, who pastored this church for 35 years, he was praying some crazy prayers. He was seeing some crazy things in his spirit, not with his eyes. I believe that my grandmother she had that faith something something had to do with it and though they may not have seen it they saw it in their spirit they saw it before before I saw it man my grandfather might have saw that blind man before I even started praying for it man they died in their faith church your faith will echo into tomorrow don't stop praying Don't stop believing. Don't stop living in faith. Even when it's not a reality, put your weight behind it. I love what Paul tells Timothy. He says, I I have seen your genuine faith. It was a faith I first saw in your grandmother. And then it was a faith that I saw in your mother. And now I see it in you. That is a foundational faith. That's the type of faith that I want my daughters to have. I want my children for generations to come. I want them to have that foundational faith because I set it for them. Where's the band? I'm going to have to ask the band come to come up here. I want, I want, to, share, I want to share this testimony of what happened at, a, at the women's conference. Um, it, was a, it was a word that, that was given to, uh, to Sister Steph, and, and she told it to my wife, and my wife told it to me last night, and I got chills when she told me. And uh, she said that some women, they went out to eat Friday night after, after the, you know, night one of the conference. And uh, the waitress, they, I think they went to Denny's, right? It was Denny's. They went to, they went to Denny's and, and they were eating and, and the waitress noticed some of the, you know, the, the conference merch. See, this is why it's important to, to, to support your church and buy the merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy a Numa shirt, you know, especially for Numa, man. That's a conversation starter. They try to figure out what that means. Like, what, what, what is, what is Panuma? We were, we were very strategic about that name. Like, hey, it's, you wear this shirt, people are going to be like, how do you say that? Oh, it, it's Numa. It means spirit. It's the name of my church. You want to come with me? That's how you, you got to wear that shirt, okay? And so they saw... They saw the, the, the merch and the tote bags and the shirts that they, that they had from the Miracles Conference. And, and, and the, the waitress sees all that and she's, you know, she's like, where, where are you guys coming from? And, and the, the, ladies, the ladies tell her, well, we just went we just came back from night one of this women's conference. It's awesome. You, you should come tomorrow. Well, homegirl shows up the next day. She comes to church. But this is what I, this is what I, I, I thought was powerful. She, she came because she said, I'm just coming to deliver a word. And, and she says, she says, I see expansion. She says, she says, I see a parking lot. 
She said, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. She said, I see renovation in the classrooms. We've been renovating this, this classroom uh, for, for, for our nursing room all week. She says, you ready for this one, Pastor Danny? She says, because we were just talking about this this week. She says, I, I, I see a big youth center with so many young people, a pavilion. I, I see, she says, tell your pastors that it's coming. And I wanted to share that because these are things that we've been believing for. These are, these are things that we've been seeing before actually seeing the reality of it. And, and, and these are things that I'm, I'm pretty confident are coming very, very soon. But you know what? Even if God has different plans, even if God has a different timeline, I'm still going to believe it's coming. I'm willing to live in this faith that great things are coming for our church. And you know what? I'm also willing to die in that faith. If I get to to 85, 90, 100 years old, however however long God has for me, I'm not going to say, you know what? God never did the thing he said he was going to do. I'm still, oh, I'm still going to be saying, I might not see it, but Layla's going to see it. Ellie's going to, my children are going to see it. I'm not stopping believing because it didn't happen for me. It's going to happen because God's word never returns void. That is the foundational faith church that you need, not just for you, but for them. I didn't mention your name, my dad, my dad, because I was, I was typing it up. I was saying my grandpa, my grandma, I didn't mention yours because I believe you're going to see it. I believe I'm going to see it. Foundational faith, man, it, it, it shakes your family because it's, it's, it's so selfless. It's, so, so, it, it's not a faith for yourself, but yet you carry the burden of it. And that just, that moves the heart of God. Moved the heart of God when the faith of the four men who brought the paralytic man, Jesus saw their faith. He saw the faith of the centurion soldier. He saw, he saw his faith and his servant got the healing. God wants, God is looking at your faith, your faith, Pastor Brandon, your faith. He's looking at your faith. He's looking at the foundation that you're laying for, for generations to come after you. God has a promise over your life. He has a promise over your life. I know that he has a promise over your life. He's, 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 he's began so many promises with, with people in this room. And I'm just here to tell you. It's coming. I don't know when. Faith wasn't designed to know when. Faith wasn't designed with details. It was designed to always look at what you couldn't see. And then when you start to see it, that's when the reality comes. And that's when you get to say, man, my faith brought me to this point. 
My faith made this a reality. Every generation of believers, every generation of believers, I want you to walk out knowing this. You, as a believer, should die in faith. Walk in it, live in it, but die in it. You know, as believers, we, that's what we do. We, we get to the end of our life not, never having seen the face of God. But if we, if we died in it, if we die in faith, we wake up in the reality of a lifetime spent in faith. We wake up seeing the face of God, the invisible God who sometimes we couldn't feel here on earth. Sometimes we couldn't, we couldn't hear from. But if we lived in it and we died in it, it's a reality. My grandparents are living in that reality in the presence of God. Some of our loved ones who, who died in the faith, they are living that reality. And I bet you they're just, I bet you if, if, if they're saying anything from heaven, they're like, keep the faith, keep going. Keep the faith, keep going. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You might not see it today. You might not see it tomorrow. You might not see it in several years from now, but it is coming. I guarantee you just keep the faith, live in it and die in it. ask you to stand this morning. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.